0: Wedding Photographers Unite
1: Hello everybody and welcome to episode number two of Wedding Photographers Unite My name is Andy Buscemi My
0: name is Neil Urban
1: and we are a bi-monthly podcast by wedding
0: photographers. For wedding photographers.
1: Thank you, Neil. And I think this is going to be the time that actually does it here. I'm feeling the vibe on this one. We had a couple false starts mm-hmm. getting going. But this yeah, this is-, is
0: take number six, I think. But, uh, but anyways, we are here. And, uh, and uh, this is episode number two. So if you didn't listen to episode number one, go back. That was more of an intro show into Andy and I. Of Who we are and what we do yeah. and
1: uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, just just talking about uh, you know who, uh, who we are and what we 're getting into uh, with the podcast, and also um, you know one note that we wanted to that we mentioned that we wanted to talk about is just the Audio quality and where we're going here. <laughs> yes,
0: we we apologize that the audio quality. Uh, we're shooting in my studio, and my studio is a wide open space. I mean, it was wide open, uh, so you might hear a little bit of an echo. But yeah, the sound it's, quality it's one is one of the problems
1: <laughs> of being a, an extremely successful photographer is having an extremely big studio space. <laughs> and, and when you have that, you have a little bit of reverb in the room. So we're trying to dampen it as best we can right now. But uh, yeah, uh, should
0: we tell our listeners what's surrounding us right now?
1: Yeah, go ahead. Why don't you let's set the stage here. Uh, for, for, for our listeners,
0: we have backdrops surrounding us and bounce boards surrounding us and diffusers, uh, <laughs> just trying to diffuse the the quality of the audio uh, so it doesn't <laughs> bounce around the this uh, this huge space here. Clearly, but, um,
1: this is photographers <laughs> trying to you know put on the their, audio. their audio engineering hat <laughs> and not quite succeeding. So we know, so basically, we just wanted to let you know that we know we have some some work to do and, and we're kind of uh, working on that as we go forward here.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so hint, Andy's hinting to me that I need to build a, a sound audio room or, or like a recording room in, in my studio space. But <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get to it. Okay. <laughs> but so, anyways, since our last recording, it was, two, it was two weeks ago, and it feels like it's been almost a year. So tell our audience what you've been up to lately
1: yeah um, you know so it has been two weeks, and, and uh, you know one thing that I, that I just wanted to, to mention to the audience is between episodes one and two we 're not releasing it quite yet because we have some of the website things that we wanted to work out and make look just right mm-hmm. um, so so we ha- we haven 't had any audience feedback yet or questions, and we'll kind of get to get to that at the end of the at you know um, if, if we would love for you guys just to send in uh, questions and start building a community around the show.
0: Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Not only questions, but just drop us a line and tell, tell us where you're from. Um,
1: yeah, yeah uh, so uh, just in terms of uh, your question there, because you asked me a question and I should probably answer it. That's yeah, we're, probably we're, how these podcasts work, <laughs> aren't they? It <laughs> yes. like helps Andy, the flow
0: of them. What have you been up to uh, since last episode?
1: So uh, since last episode, uh, really, for, for wedding photographers, it's booking season right now. So there's a lot of um, emails that are coming in and sometimes I'm available, sometimes I'm not. And just trying to schedule all those meetings and get uh, get couples in and seeing if it's a good fit. Um, and sometimes, you know, we always want it to be the best uh, fit in the world, but sometimes, you know, we we also do have to realize that not every couple is for us. And, mm-hmm. and so, you know, I had a couple in recently, and they kind of weren't the best fit for me, you know, in terms right. of... Um, You know, I have a certain way that I shoot. That's that. They were really looking for more of a photojournalistic kind Mm -hmm. of photographer, and I almost kind of referred referred them to somebody else. It was funny because we were talking about it on the last episode. We were you were talking about uh, we got into a little bit of the photojournalism versus versus posing and that kind of thing. And so and so, every client may not be for us. So you know, while I've I actually you know I booked a couple weddings within the past week. I had one couple that just wasn't the right fit for me, and I Mm -hmm. just kind of referred them out to someone someone else. And it's you know it's interesting because. Because when I had them in in my studio, um, you know, I basically mentioned you know i 'm happy to to move my style of shooting a little bit towards mm-hmm. what what you like, but at the end of the day, um, you know if you don 't like my style of editing <laughs> in particular or if you are looking for something more along the lines of something else I'm ha- I'm, I know I am friends with these people i 'm yeah. happy to refer you out to, to somebody else so um, so that's just, I think, you know, the main thing that's been going on. And then, the other thing that's nice about this time of year is shooting things that uh, I'm primarily wedding photography, but I do like shooting other things. So I actually have some music- musicians, and I'm going to shoot um, some stuff out in Rochester. Mm-hmm. And that's always kind of cool to just uh, get your mind in a different frame of mind and and then and then if you can bring that stuff back to weddings it's always a cool oh, thing definitely to do too. it's always so. nice to
0: take a break from looking at a uh, wedding dress all the time mm-hmm. you know what i mean
1: yeah yeah and then kind of get us get us going in some different directions there but uh so uh neil you asked me so now i'll ask you uh, what have you been up to the last uh the last few weeks here what well,
0: is the off season and it's funny that you mentioned the whole bookings of you know it is booking season and um it's it's i don't know what's going on lately but i think the last four weddings that we booked are all gay weddings um you know before this we only photographed i think one gay wedding and man it was it was a riot we absolutely loved it It was so emotional um it was it was absolutely beautiful and and i don't know what it is but uh but yeah for the four past weddings that we booked are are all gay weddings it's It's pretty neat. Yeah. I I like it.
1: Yeah. It's awesome. The the ones (laughs) that I've photographed, really, the one thing that I have noticed about them is that, you know, it's about the level of emotion Mm -hmm. that that happens, especially amongst the family because of all the situations that they've dealt with their, their entire lives, essentially. Uh, and then, but, but just the level of emotion is just off the charts crazy. Oh, I know. Um, I know. and it, and we were talking about that last time, how, you know, get a little emotional behind <laughs> the camera, which sometimes we can do, mm-hmm. but, but at those weddings, I've, I've in particular, uh, um, get, get especially emotional. And, and there was this one that I, that I shot last year where it was this feeling of insane celebration. They had a choir singing <laughs> and, and it was just like, it was like, yes, humanity has won. Like mm-hmm. in, like that, oh, That's know, what it I felt know. like. It felt like humanity won, and I was a part of it. And I was like, yes, thank you for having me be here and photograph this wedding. You know? well, when we so,
0: sat down with the client, I always ask, you know, how long have you guys been together? And they, their response was 13 years. And that's, you usually never hear that from, you know— men and women couples there it's usually like a year or two or maybe three Mm -hmm. but i mean 13 years they've been waiting for this moment and now it's going to happen for them so i can't i I can't wait to see how emotional it's going to be yeah it's uh
1: that's that's awesome so so booking some same sex weddings there and yeah uh, Yeah,
0: which you know i i prefer calling it like same sex weddings instead mm of gay i don't know just Mm -hmm. just me but yeah uh, I, I, i think it should be called something different than gay but
1: yeah, I typically, I typically call them same-sex weddings with my same-sex couples, um, but I don't think you know, and I do that because I question, you know, is it okay to say gay wedding? I don't, I don't know, but I, th- I think it is, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, for 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 the most part, it's just, I you know, I don't know. You want, always want to be politically correct, and even in terms of, you know, this is something to talk about too, where I had a same-sex wedding and I mistakenly gave them my typical contract that had bride, oh, bride groom, yeah. And I and I felt so bad after I gave it to them. I was like, I was like, guys, listen, I'm so sorry. You know, and then it's and like, who like... wants to
0: sign for the bride? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and they look at each other and, <laughs> yeah. But no, I the, and the reason why I said gay wedding is because in the initial response of the email, they put down, you know, it's a gay wedding. So, yes. Oh, okay,
1: and, um, hey, and, and so, so then then that's totally cool. Yeah. Then because you know, and that's the other thing too is, um, you know, I always try and match them on the initial email, like in terms of like energy. Mm-hmm. Like matching a couple, so like if a couple says they're they're having a gay wedding, I'll say gay wedding, right? Or if they, or if they, you know, and if their initial email to me is Andy explanation point, I'll respond back <laughs> Maria explanation point, <laughs> you know, so because yeah. like, you're kind of like matching their 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 vibes and yeah. and kind of getting back what maybe they expect to get,
0: mm-hmm. you know, yeah. So, but other than that, I've been working on albums, uh, editing, and also what I've been doing is getting ready for a bridal show. I am doing my first bridal show. Um, I've, I've been in business since 2008, and I've never done a bridal show. I've never advertised or anything. It's all been like kind of like social media. So I'm like really scared of what's going to happen. I, I hear all these horror stories, and um, I, I don't know if my business is right for it. So this is going to be a test mm-hmm. for it. And uh, whenever I tell people I'm doing a bridal show, they're like, oh, man, are you hurting for business? I'm like, no, it's not. We're growing our business, Mm -hmm. Uh, whether if you're starting out or if you're growing your business. Uh, I never did bridal shows because I was only one guy. I was only one photographer. So before I could even say hello to someone, I could be like, okay, what's your wedding date? No, I'm sorry. I'm not available. That kind of thing. So that's why I never did bridal shows. But now that we're growing our business it's it's time to start putting my team to work and getting them experience so so now this is i'm sorry um no that's okay go ahead no but uh i mean it's this is also a test to see if a high-end quality studio will hold up in that kind of environment because i have a feeling everybody's going to come up to us and what are you giving away for free what what's your discount so that's, that's kind of like, I know what I'm scared of. Like notice count people. Sorry. No discount. I mean, <laughs> Sorry. No, no discount. Well, that's not how this and, but, it's, and it's funny because <laughs> I, I've been looking at all these other photographers that are in are going to be in this bridal show because I'm kind of matching them up, seeing, seeing what I'm going up against kind of thing. And I'm looking at all their packages and my gosh their full packages are like the price of one of our albums yeah <laughs> so yeah. so i don't know if we're gonna scare people away or help those photographers because people are gonna see our high prices and they're gonna go to their low price and be like oh we're gonna hire you so i don't know what's gonna happen it's gonna be a complete experience and i'm kind of excited for it because yeah, you should be. you know that's yeah, awesome yeah
1: I, I think that it's so you had mentioned uh, last episode that uh, you were having your wife kind of main shoot mm-hmm. uh, now so so that is great because you're going to grow your business a yeah. little bit right
0: yeah so so she's um, working her own she's going to be working her own wedding so that means she needs an assistant yeah and since she's leaving not leaving but since uh she won't be there for, to assist me i need a new assistant so mm-hmm. we both need to you know get our our assistants more work sure sure More experience
1: um i think you might find that you it may totally be worth your time you know as far as doing it uh for the experience because I actually, when I first started um, a few years ago and I started to make my first connections, mm-hmm. um, I've never done a bridal show myself either. And I kind of considered it the other year and then I decided not to um, because I've been okay, you know, without having do, do, done any and the same the same as you. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but the one show a few years ago when I was just getting started, I... I was not at the show, but I had a photographer friend that was at the show, mm-hmm. and she was pretty much booked uh, for the most part, and she, she said after she got back, she was like, oh, it was such a waste of time because yeah. because I was already booked for all the dates that people asked, but I think I got like four or five weddings from her <laughs> referrals to me, even though I never attended the actual show myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But the thing is, is she is a little bit more higher end, mm-hmm. and because she's a little bit more higher end... Um, she actually got a lot more people that came to her booth uh just because she, her work stood out yeah her work stood out against um you know people that are just in it more for the business mm-hmm. the, although there 's nothing wrong with being in this business for the sake of business everything 's business at the end of the day right um but but people that have more of an artistic style to to their work um really do stand out um, and I think that you know especially with your work uh you're People people will understand, you know, have you know? They, people see the difference. You know, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, like, it's in subtleties. They may not be able to articulate exactly why, but in subtleties, people can can see the difference in why people are charging what they're charging when right. they look at that in product of what you're producing.
0: Yeah. I mean, um, I was talking to my wife, and she was asking, you know, what if we don't book any weddings? It's like, but that's okay, because brides might not book us on that day, but she might bring her sister, mm-hmm. her bridesmaids, who might be getting married in future years, and they might... Grab a card or remember our work and be, follow us, and uh, and then once that day comes along, she might have a budget for us. Yeah. So she, you know her her friends might fall in love with our work and just remember us. Yes. So and it, 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 the the initial bookings might not be that day, but it might be you know down the road. So you never know.
1: Yeah, and at the end of the day, it is all about networking. It's mm-hmm. about, all about you know, meeting new more people, and the more people you get in front of, the more people you say hi to, the more people that are aware of your work, level of work that you're doing and, and, and what that you're, you're being out there. And it may not be the best fit for them, but it could be a friend or a sister or something like that. Yeah. yeah it's, um, it's
0: funny that you mentioned that, you know, you always, you, you got those referrals from the other, other photographer. Mm-hmm. And I always, always remember that whenever there's like the day after or two days after a, a big bridal show that I don't go to, I always, those are my busiest days for emails. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I don't know who's giving my name out, but I thank you (laughs) if you're listening. Thank you very much. Um, But yeah, it's, it's all about networking really. And, and, you know, I get to talk about my work and the company and what photographer doesn't like to do that.
1: Absolutely. Um, okay. So our next topic here, and I guess this kind of, uh, leads right into it is, um, we had mentioned finding and creating your own style is our next topic
0: here Mm -hmm. Um, which is a, a question I get from a lot of young photographers who are just starting out that they're just like you know I'm still trying to find my own style how did you do it um, so, Andy, how... No, 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 no,
1: This is a harder question, so I'm <laughs> going to throw, throw this back on you first, since this oh, is your boy. question. So, Neil, I'm going to ask you, just just like I was a younger photographer, right? Like, how do you find yourself, or how did you find your style, and how did you come to the, the work that you're producing now? Um, what paths mm-hmm. did you take along the way?
0: Oh, gosh, this, this could be a long story, but, you know, I'm going to try and give you a shorter version of it uh the reason why i got into photography you know last last episode we talked about who inspired us but how i got into photography was from my grandfather uh he was a photographer and you know one of his cameras got passed on to me my great-grandfather was a photographer he did some magic in the dark room you know back in the early 1900s and um so i believe that some of their work lives on through me uh, some of that old style, and I always want to play homage to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I usually don't study other photographers because if I study other photographers or if I look at other photographers, then their work is going to come off into my own, and I really don't want to do that. Like I said in the last episode, I'm an artist first, and the f- the camera is my tool. So if I if I study other photographers, then, like I said, their work is gonna show mm-hmm. up in my work somehow mm-hmm. so what I do is I study other artists I study painters I study I study films uh, old movies old movie posters uh, things like that just to get inspiration um, if, if I'm walking through a store or someone's house and I see a beautiful painting that has beautiful colors Um, beautiful texture I'll take a picture of it with you know with my phone and and I'll I'll remember that later when I'm editing or something like that there's a there's a recent image that I worked on and it was it was inspired by a watercolor painting Mm -hmm. Uh, now the subject matters didn't even come close you know mine has a bride in it and it's actually this photo right here if you go to my website there's a bride sitting on a chair with uh two two little flower girls and in the background and um and i think the original watercolor painting had like a church and some flowers in it and um but what really stood out to me was the colors yeah. and the whole feel of it mm-hmm. um and that, and that's kind of like where i get my inspiration from of of uh, old old paintings because their work is timeless to us now i mean yeah. their work is 100 years old and that's why i want my work to be is is timeless when i'm gone and uh, our clients are gone that you know mm-hmm. future generations can look back on it and be like oh you know it's, mm-hmm. it's still beautiful work so, yeah absolutely um, So yeah that's that's kind of where i create my own style from
1: uh did you i i know that um you know we've talked about before uh your style has shifted yes some, it has. slightly yeah. can you can you talk a little bit about how that shift happens mm-hmm. and where how did that happen okay that, uh happen?
0: 2000 okay last episode we were talking about how i was i was Taking risks and you know just doing a lot of different things, and then in 2009, uh, this is when HDR was just new. It was just growing. It wasn't even really discovered yet, almost. Um, but I came I came across it early, and I I just happened to test it on a a bridal portrait, and it just looked. Nasty. I mean, it was just, like, horrible. Yeah. Um, and then I – but I liked the look of the HDR thing that was going on, and so I just kept working it and working it and working it until I got it to look like a beautiful image. And then I was, I was kind of using that style more and more because it was very new to everybody, and that's how I was standing out from mm-hmm. the rest. And
1: it's all about –
0: Showing some work that's different than that's other different people's. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: that's what pe- gets people coming in. Sorry, to right, right. Continuing. No, no,
0: it's okay. And then, um, and then, you know, I was, I was, I was becoming known as this HDR guy, uh, this wedding HDR guy. As, as it grew in popularity, and um, but, and then I would take these beautiful images that weren't HDR, because HDR is a tool. People thought it was a style, but it's actually a tool. And I was using it as a tool. So I was posting these beautiful images that weren't HDR, but people were saying, oh, HDR, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. too much Photoshop, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. But it actually wasn't. And then um, then I was, I got approached by a uh, publishing company to release a book about my work. And I was like, you know, I'm I'm all for it. And pu- pretty much at that time, almost everybody was trying this whole HDR thing. And I wanted to st- continue to stand out. Mm-hmm. And uh And once everybody started doing it, it's like, okay, I'm having a book out that's going to teach people kind of like how I do it and why I do it. And um, I was like, okay, this is a perfect time for me to shift to what I originally wanted to do because I kind of got soaked up into this whole style Mm -hmm. that I kind of wanted to not get away from it, but just not be just known for that. Mm-hmm. So, and that's... if
1: I if I can just jump in before you mm-hmm. continue on here, the other thing that you know we've kind of talked a little bit about too is that Neil has been so successful in our area that other people started to. Work in similar ways, almost too similar. Way, similar, and if if you yeah. know what I mean. Uh, I mean we're
0: we're also in, in in a in a small city here, yes. and then yep. then all of a sudden like there are twenty, thirty, forty other photographers that were doing the same style. It's like okay, I was the, I was pretty much one of the only ones, and then now all of a sudden I'm I'm one of you know so many. Right. And so I, I knew I had to. I was I was so inspired at the time that I knew I had to kind of get away from that and go back to my roots of really where i started, mm-hmm. which was from my grandfather's camera and mm-hmm. working with that old film kind of look mm-hmm. um so you know that's you know once I knew I was going to have a book out that's where I knew I was going to make the shift yeah so
1: yeah um and it's uh th- that's the the thing that to mention here is that um you <laughs> you're you're shifting your style as as a leader you know <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's and it's like It's the greatest form of flattery, right? You know when people, you know, I guess, do something in a similar style to you, but at the same time, it's very flattering. But at the same time, it's somewhat annoying because
0: you're 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 trying new things, you're trying different things. You put so much work in, like like we mentioned in the last episode, that you study and you practice, and that's what I do. I I study. I I I Mm -hmm. look at books and study old paintings and lithographs and stuff like that. Actually. Take these things and inspect them really close, and and say, how can I put this into my and you work? You know what it is. You know what it then, is.
1: It's hard. Well, here's one thing I need to say. It's hard work. People. Yeah, yeah. It's and- hard work. Like people think so so often that that like a client will look at a photo and say like, oh that he you know he's so talented. Look at that photo. It, but but what got that photo to be what it is is hard. Work both mm-hmm. in terms of knowing how to shoot, knowing how to edit, knowing our craft, and working our asses off, right? Yeah. To get to the point to make that photo look the way that it, that it ultimately did, the hard work part is the thing that people miss. People think that it's a lot of just lot's just oh that person is talented. Mm-hmm. Well, hard work went to get to that level of you know to grow that talent that right. was already there.
0: Um, and you so, know, what? it's it's not like I just dropped the whole HDR thing. I'm still using HDR uh, tools on some of my images just because I need to get that high dy- dynamic range in some of them. Um, but, yeah, it's... it's. I mean, I had a photographer just literally just walk right up to me, and he said, I love your new style. I think I already figured it out. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> like, I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah.
1: And that is... So So the the topic being finding your own, own style. style. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so, uh, so for me, a lot of what I ended up... Uh, doing in terms of how I edit photos actually comes a lot from sound recording majors when I was in college. Mm -hmm. And um, and I just kind of mentioned uh, that, you know, you'd never know it from listening to this podcast (laughs) because there might be
0: some technical issues here or there. But you don't approve of our bounce boards and uh, Uh, backdrops surrounding us? We're moving in the right direction. (laughs) We are.
1: moving in the right direction. We are. Um, But, you know, in terms of how I You know, in terms of how I shoot, first of all, I actually am. Well, I should probably start with the shooting first, and then I'll get to my sound recording friends and how I think about editing. Mm -hmm. Uh, But how I shoot is more, I am, I kind of like the rules. And I know, you know, some people, a lot of the times people learn the rules of like the rule of thirds and, you know, where to put a horizon line and where to put somebody's face against a horizon Mm line. I really like to follow the rules. Like, I I feel like people should always learn the rules and then decide to break them if they want to, mm-hmm. to break them. For me, I actually just like the rules. So <laughs> a lot of the time, like, when I'm shooting, I will put, like, a couple on that rule of third, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and And I tend to just like, like a lot of photographers do that are portrait photographers, I just like faces. Mm-hmm. Like, I love looking at people's faces and, like, and... And and almost it's a very int- intimate experience where in a lot of the time, like even in our communication, sometimes we, um, you know, we'll look at people in the eye, but we don't like stare people in their face right. <laughs> as I'm talking around staring like at Bill's face right now. or not. Exactly. <laughs> but, but but in when you're shooting a, a portrait of somebody, you freeze time, you know, and you, you almost, it's almost, I don't know if I'm somebody that is into the idea of souls or not, but it's like you really capture somebody's soul, mm-hmm. whether I believe in the idea of souls <laughs> or not, okay? But... But so I tend to shoot closer rather than farther away. Mm -hmm. So I like my favorite lens is a 135. I like to really kind of zoom in and and see faces. Right. That's at least in terms of of how I shoot stylistically, I guess, for whatever that is, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm rule oriented as far as that goes. And then but as far as my editing, the. You know, I'm, when we first start, like I was all like, "Oh, this photo is going to be this, and this photo is <laughs> going to be that, and this photo is going to be that." And I had all those problems where a lot of beginning photographers, are you listening, to beginning photographers, um, where there's different white balances and skin tones on brides and different shots. Um, but what I ultimately moves me the most, or what I think about the most, is what my sound recording friends had mentioned, where I asked them, you know, how much reverb, how much echo should I put on this track, on this audio track within a for uh, for just a band recording, mm-hmm. you know, if you're gonna, how much how much do you really want to put? How much reverb do you want to put on that main voice in this in this mix? And the answer I got back from a very smart uh, roommate that I had housemate that I had was, um, you should put on as much reverb as it takes so that it's there, but not enough so that people notice that it's there. Mm-hmm. Very subtle. So. So, for me, the way that I edit, I like to really push things as far as I can, mm-hmm. but to the point that people don't notice that it's there right. like like if they're noticing it's there, then in my mind, at least for the way that I edit, I feel like I've gone too far for how I like to edit. Mm-hmm. Um, And and that's kind of like the main driving force that that I think about. And also the other thing stylistically is that I really do, like on my main edits that I deliver, I really feel like I should be editing those at a a full-on commercial level in terms of like really getting in there and touching up um, skin to, to the point that the client... I, I want to make my, my clients as comfortable as possible, and I don't want to push things in ways that people don't like or, or step across that line where mm-hmm. they, it doesn't look like them anymore. I won't do that. But my, I will basically ask myself, um, how can I make this person look as good as possible on a good day? Without going too far, so, so I will um, help what I actually usually say wanted <laughs> to myself in my head is like I'm going to help a sister out, I'm going to help <laughs> a brother out right now uh-huh. with this change because that's what I would want for, you know for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do believe that you know stylistically, I want to edit on a commercial level, and I do like high contrast, so I like my blacks black. Which is not the style so much today. A lot of people have muted blacks yeah, today. Yeah, those, those very um, muddy kind of yeah.
0: non-contrasty photos that seems yeah. to be really in right now. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, yeah. I, I love blacks. I love looking at an image and just wondering what's 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 in those shadows. Yeah, I, I love. I love black so.
1: Yeah, so I like so so I like both though because mm-hmm. I want to see detail in the shadows so I like punch that shadow slider <laughs> up but but then I'll bring that that black down so that so that the, my blacks are still black yeah. for the most part although it's kind of my black and whites have been toying with with muting them a little bit mm-hmm. you, you know um but I still I so but it's a constant shift and struggle right we talked about style and and how that changes and so while I do like high contrast and I like my white, I want the full dynamic range because mm-hmm. it's been, in my opinion, like, well, why wouldn't I want to use the full dynamic range if it's actually available? I'm yeah. cutting myself back if I don't use the full dynamic range. Right. Um, so while I was very high contrast with even my black and whites a few years ago, um, now I've, I'm kind of muting them a little bit because I kind of am liking that look a little bit, but it mm-hmm. changes. But but the main thing is, is that I try and do is I try to have some kind of consistency when I'm presenting, <laughs> you know, so so it doesn't change all the time and it leaves people questioning because then your clients don't know what your style is, you don't know what your style is, uh-huh. uh, nobody knows what your <laughs> style is, and then so you should so you should have some kind of consistency to your style, whatever that is, and and I think more than anything. You may look at my work and not like it. you may look at Neil's work and not like it. more than anything, I believe that you should know why you're doing what you're doing and be committed to why you're doing what you're doing. You need to believe 100%. in what you're doing mm-hmm. uh, because if you don't, people will see through that. You, you, you know like you need to believe in what you're doing, you need to know why you're doing what you're doing.
0: And you have to stand by it yeah. yes and. I was just talking about how I made a shift in the style of my work and it was I was horrified if my followers if if my clients were going to like it or not and I just slowly worked into it and um but I really believed that what I was doing was right and I believed in the work I believed in the style I believe where I get my inspiration from and it's I'm standing by it and luckily for me that it's working that my clients are are loving it yes
1: you and because you just made that decision you made that definitive decision this is what I'm doing this is my this is what I'm committing to and mm-hmm. you you had that inner core of belief in terms of why why you were doing what you were doing
0: but yeah you were talking about how you're kind of you kind of like that non contrasty look Andy I love you but please don't do it you have beautiful 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 lighting the contrast to your images are beautiful um, I, I think that style is what everybody's doing right now, and I'm slowly seeing that that's going to go away. So don't – just try not to do it too much. It, it, it is a very popular style. It's, it's pretty cool on some images, but I think what that look does is it kind of flattens the image just a mm-hmm. little bit, and yeah. your, your lighting is just so beautiful. You always have – with all of your images, you always have backlight.
1: <laughs> no yep. matter no matter yeah.
0: where where what L- listen, you're shooting, people, it's not a photo if it's not backlit. <laughs> <Exactly>. I'm sorry. <laughs> Andy loves his backlight, and I th- you know I, for some reason I j- I just think that whole flattened kind of image just kind of like I said it flattens it, and your images just look really 3D just the way you light people. Um, so but yeah. So it's
1: a constant, like, shift yeah, and struggle, is. isn't yeah. it? You know, yeah.
0: it's, a, it's a constant shift and struggle to
1: think about where you want to move a style and, and why you want to. But um, I think ultimately, if there's anything you can take away, I'm just going to repeat myself one more time. <laughs> it's be committed to what you're doing and why you're doing what you're doing. And if, um, if you are and you really love that style yourself, you may just find clients that love that style as well. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll uh, wrap up that topic there and go on to our next story, which was the photographer that wanted to charge a little bit extra for that cover. Uh, so Neil, maybe if you want to uh, just talk a little bit about the story, you know a little bit more about it than I do. I kind of followed the initial right, article yeah. but there was some well, follow I mean, From even. what I
0: read, um, it seems like there's a lot more to the story from what is online. But from what I read is that the bride and groom they went, got married, got beautiful photographs taken. The photographer released uh, low-resolution files to the bride and groom. Uh, they were posting on Facebook, social media, and stuff like that, saying that they love the images. And then it came time for the album. Now, the photographer, uh, I guess, was in the contract that she was going to release the high-resolution images with the album, uh, which is probably, you know, she was probably going to give them a disc with the album kind of thing. They probably went hand-in-hand. And now, there was a $125 charge for to have a cover on an album. Mm -hmm. Now, this is where it gets interesting because I've... I don't know about you, but I've never seen an album without a cover. Mm-hmm. Now, is is there more to the story as to where there was maybe an upcharge for a fancier cover? Right. Or like a picture on the cover? Was there like, um, you know, there's, right. there, there were only emails exchanged. There was no, I don't think there was ever phone calls. So I actually, so,
1: I I kind of think that I get where the photographer's coming from, but they mm-hmm. just that's a bad, bad, bad <laughs> business practice. So So basically, from my understanding, is that... You know, they paid for this entire contract, and the wedding book was included mm-hmm. as part of this wedding contract. And then, after the fact, the photographer wouldn't give them the wedding book without the couple paying for a couple, which was a separate charge. Um, I think that the, from the photographer's standpoint, the photographer said that this was included. or You know, I
0: clearly stated mm-hmm. that,
1: that, that there was an extra coverage charge she said that there was the client said
0: there wasn't so there's a lot of he said she said things going on but it was never in the contract but who includes who includes a cover in a contract i mean i don't know about you but when i put in I actually our albums are sold separately where we don't include those in in contracts because of the situation because of this kind of issue Um, i mean albums they they're constantly changing you're constantly finding new ones and sometimes albums get discontinued so we just put sold separately however uh, but in this case i mean who thinks of putting a cover with an album in a, in a contract nobody really does right. you just think one one will yeah, be yeah it it sounds like there's... a dirty surcharge yeah. and
1: and i and i tend to side with the client and if the photographer wasn't clear about that up front that can be a real problem even if even if maybe the photographer was clear about it and it was in the contract and the couple missed it you still let it get to this point where it got became this national story. There's some kind oh, of problem along the along the line there. Yeah. Something wrong happened. Um, and I can actually, I can kind of get why the photographer would have a separate charge for the cover because at least for me, I use Graphy studio and they have all these different cover options mm-hmm. and different covers cost different prices depending on what the couple wants. I try and keep it simple because when you give clients too many choices, I feel like it, You know, it just overwhelms them, you know. And then they don't
0: make an order because they're so overwhelmed. Yes. Yeah.
1: So, um, but I can see why, like, if you want to give those couples choices that you would say, well, these covers cost different prices, so this is what it is. But somewhere, whether it was the photographer not being clear or the clients not understanding what Mm -hmm. that was, something got mixed up there.
0: Yeah, they're lost uh, in translation somewhere because with the news video that they showed online – the news video was picking through all these emails. I mean, there were so many emails, but they're only showing like one or two, and most of it was from the bride side. So we don't know the full photographer's story, and she's she just released a long response to it, and she never mentioned anything about the cover oh. or anything like that, which was which is kind of weird because that's that was the main topic, and oh. she never she never <laughs> mentioned the cover. She, all she mentioned well. was about how how this bride was this. I guess, like social media guru, that this photographer actually wanted to hire the bride for for her to work her social media pages, kind of thing. I guess she's like this big <laughs> social media person. So, um, but uh,
1: so the so the ultimate <laughs> the ultimate takeaway is as a photo- as wedding photographers, what should we be doing to avoid these situations? What are some options? And I think Neil and I just kind of mentioned a few of them in there. One is. You know, and maybe if you want to make your choices easier on your couples, you just have a set fixed number of Mm -hmm. album designs that you do that come with specific covers. That can be one option. Um, But, you know, I guess the answer is simple. The simple answer is just make sure that they understand. Like, like if if you're going to do that, have an extra surcharge. For me personally, Mm -hmm. if I was going to have a wedding book as part of the contract and then have to have them pay for the cover extra. First of all, I'm not going to do that because I want things to be easy for a couple. Right. But if I was going to do that, I would have a separate little area on the contract where they made made just their initials so they could know that, hey, this is going to be an extra cost Mm -hmm. afterwards. It's not part of this collection, which apparently was a $6,000 wedding. And for a six thousand dollars wedding, and it says you're getting a wedding book in that collection, you would really kind of expect that you wouldn't have to pay extra for a couple. So yeah, or mean, four, for eat, a, for for the hundred
0: twenty-five bucks and just walk away and yeah, um, because obviously the bride loved their images, um, but the fact that all this happened because of a twenty-five, hundred twenty-five dollars surcharge. It's, I mean, it's, I guess the photographer had a ten-year career, six hundred weddings. She traveled a lot, and all of a sudden, I mean, her. Her reputation is destro- not destroyed, but it's tarnished. Tarnished. Yeah, yeah all of, all of that hard work, mm-hmm. you know, just just gone in a matter of hours. Yeah, and and
1: I guess maybe the other thing is it's it's kind of scary, right? It's hearing very that scary. as a wedding photographer, yeah. hearing that, you know, this one thing that that I do want to talk about in a separate episode is just you know how every little thing that you do says something about your business, and you can work for building, built, we can work building up a business for so long. And then one little thing like that can come along and mm-hmm. mess up your entire business. So, so we have you have to be super careful about every little thing that you do that can that can be a problem. You have to always think about things from the perspective of the clients. I think that's the the big thing too. Is like a treat other people That's the golden rule. Treat other people how you want to be treated. Exactly. And and I don't want to be treated with a, an extra one hundred and fifty dollar cover charge after I paid six thousand dollars for a wedding. I know. What you know. know? Yeah. Um. So. That's that's the takeaway here. People. More
0: more empathetic, that you know, yeah, put, putting yeah. yourself in other people's shoes, yeah, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, use empathy, people. Yeah, use empathy. Uh. It's a good thing to do. <laughs> okay, so okay, so I think that's probably going to wrap things up for this this episode. All right, here. episode two. Thanks done. for for joining us for episode two of, of wedding photographers unite. Yes, and,
0: we're gonna work on the uh, the audio quality. And uh, and we're gonna uh, hopefully have a guest next episode. Yes, that Don't is quote the plan. me on that, yep. but that's that's the plan. Yep. Uh, we have we have uh, a couple of really awesome guests coming up, and this next one I'm not gonna release yet. Uh, but every, he's he's uh, he travels the world and and he's kind of like Carmen Sandiego. It's like where in the world is this guy right <laughs> now? So uh, hopefully by next episode we'll find out.
1: Absolutely. Um, so we're looking forward to that. Well, uh, and uh, just in closing, I just do want to mention a few things here. Uh, that is, uh, we would love to have your questions as part of the show as well. Um, so if you could, please, info at com is the email address to send those to. That's info at com. And also, uh, just to mention again, that you can follow either Neil or myself by Googling our names, (laughs) I think is the easiest way to do it. So if you Google Andy Buscemi, B-U-S-C-E-M-I, you'll you'll find my Facebook, my Twitter, my website, and the same for Neil.
0: N-E-A-L-U-R-B-A-N. And uh, anything in social media, just uh, look up my name and and you'll find me and drop me a line.
1: And then last but not least, uh, by the time that you're hearing this, we should have iTunes up and running. So please do subscribe in iTunes. Uh, and let us know how we're doing. Uh, we uh, are looking forward to building a community here. We're looking forward to wedding photographers uniting across the country. No, yes. Uh, Tell us uh,
0: where you where you live, where you're coming from.
1: Thank you very much for uh, listening to episode two, and we will catch you next time. Thanks a
0: lot of wedding photographers unite.